Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? I think Georgia just scored again, Amy. Oh, isn't that funny? Yes. It was quite... Uneventful. <laughs> uh, it wasn't really much of a game. No. Yeah, it wasn't. I was about to say that was quite a game, but it, it really it wasn't. Really wasn't. Not, much no. of a, not much of a game at all. No. Nope. So... It wasn't but we had we we had some friends there, lots of uh, folks, uh, and it was fun seeing on social media people actually there. Um, yeah, uh, Ashley Unzicker got her fa- her family on the whatever it's it's not the jumbotron, but whatever it's it was called screen, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so yep. pretty cool stuff. But it was not much of a game. Yep. So congrats to all of our dog fans out there. Because yeah, and uh, we, wow, and, back to back and. Yeah, and there were a few like TCU fans I saw, um, and uh, uh, among you know our Southern Baptists, and it was uh, not a great night for them. No, but nope. nope. Here we are. It was a rough one. Something else. Never seen anything like that, especially in a national title game. Not sure we'll see something like that ever again. Maybe not. Well. All right, Amy, well, if you're looking to stay informed and engaged in the latest missions, discipleship, leadership, and political happenings within the SBC, look no further than the brand new Baptist Press newsletters, BP Missions, BP Discipleship, BP Leadership, and BP Politics. These weekly newsletters offer insightful and thought-provoking content that will deepen your understanding and strengthen your faith. Don't miss out on these valuable resources. You can visit baptistpress.com slash subscribe now to sign up. That's the, uh, the, the new Baptist Press newsletters. Yeah, those newsletters are great. I've been seeing them and uh, kind of helps you focus on different areas of interest. I think they're all great, but yeah. obviously the the politics, you know, kind of what's happening in Washington, how it affects us, that's, uh, that's certainly an, a, a real interest of mine. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know that's uh, something you're interested in. Many, many people are. So we've had a good response to this week and looking forward to the future. We start, like you mentioned, in D.C., Stand for Life has launched with the ERLC's help. So we got we got a new thing out there, Amy, in the in the life space, led by good friend of the pod, Elizabeth Graham. Yeah, that's right. So this is uh, this is something that uh, maybe some of our folks have heard about. They've really been going around and explaining it for quite quite some time. Uh, and it definitely is linked with the ERLC, but it is something separate. So what this is, is it's an, uh, as you just said, it's an alliance, more than 100 pro-life groups coming together, kind of in an effort to say, hey, this is a, it's a major issue in our culture. And there are all these organizations of varying sizes, you know, some uh, focusing in areas of prenatal care, some focusing on, you know, crisis pregnancy centers, uh, all sorts of different things. And, uh, but they're, they're kind of on their own, you know, in these uh, smaller organizations, smaller ability to make a dent, but if they all begin to work together. So this is, um, it's, it's, you know, kind of a, an opportunity for a collective impact. So they'll partner together. Um, they're going to hold a private meeting of those, uh, pro-life organizations in Washington, DC, uh, on January 18th and 19th, that's changing from the national conference that they normally do. So they're going to bring all of those people together and, uh, then kind of really get going launch. So this is really cool. I'll be representing the SBC Executive Committee next week at that. So looking forward to that uh, in D.C. And 
I got a busy week next week, Amy. The, the travel had stopped for a while, and now it's back on. New Orleans for prep next week, and then D.C. for for this and more. Time to get after it again. Uh, I enjoyed my time at the house. So yeah, there you go. There we go. Well, you'll have to you'll have to tell us how how it goes. Yeah, looking forward to it. So uh, I got a lot of friends in a lot of those organizations. So looking forward to seeing them and everything in D.C. Let's give a few examples. I mean, I said some, but like Alliance Defending Freedom yeah. is part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, Embrace Grace, Heartbeat International, Human Coalition, Lifeline Children's Services, uh, Live Action. So those are maybe some that, yeah. if you're listening, that like that'll ring a bell with you. Yeah, many you say, of those. Okay, these yeah, these groups are part of it, and um, and more like over a hundred. So it's a lot. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of the people that you already see and hear in this pro life space. I mean, they're, they're the ones involved in this, and the ERLC is right, right in there with them. So That's right, yeah. All right, Amy, we got an update from the ARITF this week. There were some statements that came out, actually statements from the Abuse Reform Implementation Task Force, as well as the SBC Executive Committee and Guidepost Solutions, just trying to make sure that there's clarity surrounding uh, how confidentiality is pursued by the hotline that had been established last May to receive reports of abuse. Remember that hotline came out right it came right after the guidepost report because when the guidepost report was released, calls began to come in and it was clear that you know that there needed to be a safe uh, place for them to call. So the executive committee and uh, kind of in consultation with the sexual abuse task force, they established um, or you guys established a a, a hotline. Yeah. And so it was something that was separate and a, a place that people could call and have trauma informed uh, folks responding and taking all that down and then doing what needed to be done with that. So some conversation had uh, started happening, just asking, uh, asking some questions about processes. And uh, so these statements, they just, they really clarify that, that all calls are handled exclusively by guidepost team, mem- team members and that uh, the executive committee, the ARITF, like no one receives confidential survivor information from Guidepost about that. I think the the questions had come the questions had come in about how if someone asks for can I be put in touch with an advocate or can I be you know referred to an advocate, what happens at that point? Um, and uh, and it, this was a an opportunity to clarify. So yeah. all of those all of those statements, and then working to make sure there's no conflicts of interest among task force members or consultants. So. Yeah. so yeah, all the information is available in the BP article there. There's links to the ARITF as well as guidepost statement and the full EC statement at the bottom there. So if you have any questions about that, just uh, bounce over to the show notes over to Baptist Press. Just like all our stories, uh, mainly uh, come from Baptist Press. So you can check that out. And we also, unfortunately, Amy, we have another instance of a pastor being charged with counts of grooming. He's been released by the church. Yeah. So this is a pastor from McLeansboro, Illinois. Um, He was arrested January 5th on two counts of grooming minors for sexual purposes. His name's Garrett Biggerstaff. Uh, This uh, this concluded a four-month investigation that included having to seize electronic devices and collect evidence um, at his home. So a juvenile had called the police um, and reported it to them, and then they began an investigation. Um, he uh, he was 
employed by a school district there, um, but resigned when the investigation became public. He was also the pastor of Pleasant Grove Missionary Baptist Church in Fairfield, Illinois, and they suspended him immediately when the investigation began and he did not return to the pulpit. After he was arrested, uh, he resigned immediately, and that was accepted on January 8th. So what you have here is he was a pastor. Um, the, the person reported to the police, the investigation begins immediately as the investigation begins. The church says, you know, uh, you're, you're suspended from preaching. He doesn't. But now that the arrest has happened, the investigation led to that. He, he has, is no longer um, at the church. As difficult as these things are, it is always good to see churches uh, really cooperating or syncing up with what is happening. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, another example of that. All right. Final story this week, Amy, just a kind of a quick update from Ukraine where Send Relief is helping to provide generators, food and, uh, you know, warm clothing throughout the winter there. So obviously Ukraine, a little bit colder than it is here. If you look at a map, you see the the difference in the latitude there, uh, a bit colder in Ukraine and without heat, Many people are without electricity and only have electricity just pieces of the day. Uh, I've got a friend that just returned from Ukraine over there taking generators in uh, through another organization, not through Sin Relief. But uh, there's a lot that needs to be done over there still because of the attacks on the power grid. Uh, a lot of the people in the country are struggling with power, with electricity, with heat in the winter. And that also means struggling with meals. Sin Relief continues to help with meeting the needs of Ukrainians when it comes to hunger. One of the initiatives is feeding 3,300 Ukrainians every week for the next six months through food packages sent by Polish national partners and distributed by Ukrainian churches in their local communities. So uh, they're working with people from Poland, people from the Czech Republic, uh, and other countries just trying to get food and warmth and, uh, you know, generators, electricity two people in Ukraine. So uh, just a quick update there from Send Relief this week. Appreciate all that they do. Again, if you want to help out in any way, you can go over to sendrelief.org to do so. Yeah, you know, I actually got to meet yesterday. There are some uh, folks from the Ukrainian seminary that have come stateside. They're uh, traveling around and uh, connecting with some of the supporting churches or institutions. And I got to meet some of them yesterday. And uh you know, it's kind of stunning when you when you talk to them and then when you know what all they are experiencing. Uh, that's a moment where I think, um, man, I, I don't even know what I'm doing. So <laughs> that like I'm, I'm not going to complain about anything for a while uh, in in seeing what uh, what all they are are addressing and dealing with and continuing yeah. to move on, yeah. continuing to have ministry. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, Amy, that's going to do it for our news this week and bring me to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. We're going to go to 1954 uh, with a big technological advance oh boy. happening at First Baptist Church Atlanta. Did they send a Sputnik into the orbit or something? No, oh, but okay. uh, it says they found at least part of the answer for their overflow crowds at the Sunday morning preaching service with closed circuit television, big announcement, big announcement in Baptist press. They rented camera equipment from an Atlanta TV station. And then they had sound equipment that was already available. They took that, uh, the can it says the cameras in like, uh, they changed from the choir to the minister during the order of service, use the sound equipment 
And then they would televise the service for people seated in the chapel beneath the auditorium. And so big announcement kind of explaining this. And what I thought about when I read that is I thought, here we are in 1954 announcing to everyone this kind of major step, you know, closed circuit TV in the building. And now we're sitting here and even like the especially after COVID, the smallest churches are like streaming over Facebook live where someone watches it from their phone in the car, you know, around the world. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just pretty wild. I'm always interested in these uh, stories that'll pop up that you realize when it ran, that was a big, big step, you know, um, that you could, that you could do that. And, uh, and that one, I mean, closed circuit TV was a big thing for a while. I mean, I can remember when, uh, when Mary was a baby and I would go take her into the, uh, uh, you know, I would need to take her out or whatever. And I would sit in a room with her and there would be like a closed circuit TV in there. So it's a great, it's a great thing, but, uh, certainly we have come quite a long way since then. Uh, so it's good, but, but the idea of getting to be in a different space and still watch what is happening and not miss, um, in some ways, it was uh, kind of the, the early days uh, this week in SBC history. So I'm trying to think like 1954, TV's around, but it's very new, right? Right. And people don't really have big TV. Like you're not projecting this on the wall on the screen right. like we would think now. I, I'm, I'm kind of picturing everybody sitting around a little bitty console TV. It feels like it that's seems black like that and might white. Be. I yeah. mean, that, that basically seems like that's what they were doing. So I'm looking at what TV shows were popular in 1954. So, I mean, this is going way back, all right? Way back. Early days of TV. You want to guess some of the popular TV shows from 1954? 1954? You've heard of a few of these. I'm sure I have. Was like... Was that when like the Rifleman and that, or is that, am I too, no, I still think, too? I think you're you're too far ahead on that one still. It's before that. Okay. I don't know. You're making me want to look. So right, you need so, to just go ahead and tell me. All right. Number one show of 1954, Father Knows Best. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Lassie debuted in mm. 1954. Mm-hmm. Obviously in black and white, right? Uh, the Adventures of Rin Was Andy 10. Griffith? Was no. Andy Griffith? No, Andy uh, Griffith I thought was way that was later. 60s. Yeah, yeah, that was later. 60s. Mickey Rooney Show ran yes. 1954 to 1955. Flash Gordon. Yeah. So, and, and then there's a bunch of, uh, the Howdy Doody Show, Amy, started oh, yeah. in 1954. Yeah. And a lot of things, that, you know, just kind of are, are filling up the uh, the stuff here. But So you're right. Yeah. You're right. Thinking that this is like the times of the Howdy Doody Show, like, to do that, to do closed circuit TV, it's not like it is now. Nope. You're not projecting it on a screen. Yeah. So it's pretty wild. Pretty wild stuff there. I mean, it's, it's, uh, we're going way back. The Magical World yeah. of Disney debuted in 1954. Yep. So a lot of, a lot Very of things cool. happened back then, but, uh, not a lot that you still see on TV today. So CBS's right. Face the Nation also started. That you do still see on TV. You do today. still see that, yes. So, well, thanks for that, Amy. And that brings us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? Um, it's a new, well, it's new to me. It's not a new book. It came out in April 2021, but it's a book that I'm doing uh, new. It's uh, by Nancy Guthrie. I'm a big fan of Nancy Guthrie. And it's called um, I'm Praying for You 40 Days of Praying the Bible for Someone Who Is Suffering. And uh, I got this because I just had a couple people in my life that I, I felt compelled to, to pray for. And it's great. It is such a good guide because um, a lot of times when you know someone that's going through a lot, 
you don't exactly know how to pray and you want to pray regularly, but it kind of feel like you're just praying the same thing over and over. You're just asking for peace. You're asking, you know, whatever. And those are great things. But Nancy Guthrie does a great job of walking through promises that the Bible has for those who are suffering and then helping guide you uh, to really pray for different things. And then there's even a, a piece of a, like a QR code in there that, that you can use to send a message to that person. Um, and it's, uh, you know, super easy to be able to say, I prayed this for you today. Um, so that's, uh, that's kind of a cool, um, added thing to it if you want to do that, but it's been a great thing for me and a great way for me to guide, you know, sort of my faith, uh, in what, God can do in their situation. So Nancy Guthrie is is someone who has walked through suffering herself um, and then has really uh, developed a great ministry for that. So if you have someone in your life that is, um, is going through that and you want to know how to pray for them, this is a great resource. All right. Well, speaking of praying through suffering and, and the difficult times in life, all right, my resource of the week, Every Moment Holy from Doug McKelvey. Great book. I got this uh, over the break. I ordered it over the break. It just came in this past week, and I'm blown away by it. I mean, I've heard good things about it. You've talked about it before. Oh, I love it. And I, I'm i blown away. I don't have volume two yet. I'll get that soon. But it is about grief and loss. You know, it kind of fits in kind of with what you're talking about. Yeah. So Yeah, it's a, it's a great book. Yes, so I, I'm... That'll be my resource of the week. There's also an app. I didn't realize this. It's got selected mm-hmm. free liturgy. Yeah. So if you want to try it out and check it out before you buy it, uh, you can check out everymomentholy.com. It's got the link to the app store, and uh, you can pick up the app and, and check out some some of the free ones that are online. So really, really cool. And it's funny because I, I got it out the other night, unboxed it, and Micah had messed up his ankle at playing around the house the other day and kind of a nasty sprain. He's, you know, he's taking ibuprofen and icing it and everything because it's it's all swollen and everything and i was like well micah there's one in here for um an you know an ailment being hurt and so i read the liturgy and explained it to him and he was just like yeah whatever dad but it, it, was, it was kind of a neat teaching moment i guess that's great uh, but it, it was kind of neat so every moment right. holy from doug mckelvey my resource of the week and i'm praying for you by nancy guthrie uh we both picked prayer books didn't even know it so that's right how about that? That's right. Pretty cool. Kind of neat how that worked. All right. So that's going to do it for our show this week. Thanks again to everybody listening each and every week. Uh, Amy, I don't want to freak you out, but we're like 150 days from the annual meeting in June. Uh, we're really close to registration opening up. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah. That's right. Registration opens. And you know what that also means is starting in a couple of weeks. Child care is opening the up? The road to New Orleans, Amy. Oh, the road to Come New on, Orleans. Think about the important okay. things. Forget child care. You don't need child care. What you need is the road to New Orleans. Actually, I, a lot of people out there might need child care. I was so, going to say, you know. I mean, I don't, but yeah. many do. So, Yes, so uh, yeah, child care opens February 1st, too. But also, the road to New Orleans starts January 24th. Can't so, wait. I know, yeah. I, I heard the uh, sarcasm in that, Amy. I want the, I, food, the, the food episode. That's okay, the that's one coming. That's, that's coming. Important. It's like episode uh, four or five, maybe. Great. I think I think it's episode five because the first two episodes are about New Orleans and registration and all that stuff. And right. then we have Jack Hunter talking about the city, kind of a, a history of the city. And then we got Jamie Dew, who's going to talk about the, the seminary there and the work that they're doing in the city. And then we get to the food with Jay Adkins. So that's the one Can't I'm wait. looking forward to. We haven't shot the videos yet, the uh, the interviews. 
We're doing that in a couple of weeks, but that's coming. So I'm ex- I'm really excited about it. So great. It's going to be really cool. I think you're going to like this year's edition of The Road to New Orleans. And uh, Amy, I, I think you're scheduled to be on there toward the end too, uh, just by the way. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for letting me know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way. Yeah, you're scheduled toward the end. So we haven't booked those interviews yet. But uh, No, you have not. <laughs> you have not. I have not but... uh, consulted with your agent yet about that. Right, so, right. Uh, so, all right. That, so. All right. Well, yeah, looking forward to that. That's exciting. I forgot that was coming in a couple weeks. So you do these things back in the fall and you get everything ready and you forget that they're sitting out there waiting to be released. So, right. all right. Well, very cool. All right. Thanks for joining us, folks. We'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.